Welcome everyone to another episode of Kiwi Talks. I am honored to be speaking with my guest today, who is a ridiculously underrated game composer. He's worked on uh, games such as Starbound, Earthlight, and a little game called Halo Infinite. You might have heard of it. Uh, Curtis Schweitzer, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm great. I'm great. Great that I get to talk to you, because this has been a journey for you, I'm sure. Yes, it really, really has. It really, really has. So um, give me the the breakdown of how it was when you first got the gig for Halo Infinite. Was this an email that you just got out of nowhere or a phone call? How did it go down? It's exactly what it was. It was an email completely out of nowhere. It was just one day you get this email. It's from the music supervisor at 343 Industries. And you're like, I mean, I remember I was like at a rehearsal because like I do, you know, choir stuff. I sing in some local choirs and stuff. I was like at a rehearsal and I remember seeing like the little notification on my phone that it's from like 343 Industries. I'm like, what? What? Really? (laughs) Could this, is this what I really? And then, yeah, just from there, it kind of blew up. So, so did it, was it like a out of body experience? Like you took a while to actually process it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was just like, I, what, <laughs> like how, um, it, I just remember thinking, I, I mean, yeah, I just, I couldn't really process it almost, you know, it's cause like, I, especially since I'm like a halo fan, right? Like I've been playing yeah, halo of course. forever. It's like one of the, one of my most favorite franchises. I've played them all for, I mean, I'm sure what amounts to thousands <laughs> of hours. Um, and, and yeah, it was just, I couldn't believe it. So, um, yeah, it was definitely out of body experience is a good way to put it. Hmm. So how did you prep for it? Did you go and listen to a lot of Halo music? Did you try and contact like Marty for advice? Like, what did you do? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, like I said, I've played a lot of Halo, so I'm really familiar with the music. You know, I've listened to the music outside of it. So, um, honestly, I just sort of started diving in because for me, the process really, I can't really prep for the process i just have to kind of start writing and then Mm. you know maybe throw stuff out that's not good go in a bunch of directions maybe that aren't great and then kind of slowly bring everything together until i uh until i have like a really good grasp of like what we're looking for um yeah i just feel like i i sort of intuitively have always sort of understood what makes halo sound like it does um just there's a lot of really you know there's a lot of technical stuff you can talk about about the modes that are used and things like that but you know, in the instrumentation that's chosen, but, but really, I, I just always have felt a sort of intuitive understanding of it. So um, that was kind of my personal, you know, approach to it. Um, just because until I start actually putting notes down on paper, you know, you never really know, like you can, you can study it all. You can listen to it all, but, oh yeah, yeah. It's going to be like that. And then you start writing and it's like, why can't I do this? <laughs> um, so I always just start writing. So, um, you know, early on I did like a, they had me do like a little demo, um, of the uh, 2019 trailer um, that yeah. they, they were doing, like actually try scoring it, see like, you know, would you, you know, how would you approach this? And the way I approached it was like completely wrong. <laughs> like it was not what we ended up with. Um, it was oh. just sort of a, like a, I don't want to call it an audition. Cause I think at that point they'd pretty much, you know, decided that, yeah, we're going to put this guy on the project. But I think it was a way of sort of like, how does he respond to feedback? You know, how, um, you know, how does he, approach you know an actual like 
video that we send him, right? Like what, what comes back. So that was a really fun, um, that was a really fun process actually. And like I said, the, the demo that I did was just completely wrong. It was not the right style. It was way over the top. It was too, it was too like kind of modern Hollywood. It wasn't, it wasn't Halo enough. I really had to really scale it back, but, um, but yeah. Yeah. Cause how, how do you respond to feedback? Cause creative people usually are quite sensitive mm -hmm. to feedback and in the AAA space, I'm, I imagine there's a lot of back and forth as opposed oh, there's to tons. India. Yeah. And you have to go through so many different channels and th through so many different people. So were you able to adapt quite quickly to that? Was it jarring at first? Um, I'm pretty flexible. I'm willing to do lots and lots of revisions because to me, it's like, if you're hiring me, you know, the project's not done until you're happy. So, you know, I pretty much just do as many, as many uh, drafts as is needed. I mean, I think for like the Discover Hope trailer, I think we did like 34 drafts or something crazy like that. I mean, it was just 34. lots of back and forth. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, you know, you, it's gotta be right. You know, it's Halo. <laughs> you can't screw it up. So you just, you just keep going and you just keep trying new things. And, um, you know, the people at 343 are excellent at giving really, actionable feedback you know you never get the like well i think it's just too sad you know you don't get that you get the like <laughs> we don't love the instrumentation here we were kind of hoping for something more and then they give you really specific notes and from there you can kind of just move forward and you know sometimes the feedback has you go in a direction and that turns out to be not great and everyone realizes it and you move into another one and that's fine too so just kind of it's like sculpture you know just kind of chipping away until there's a beautiful statue yeah. Um, so would it be safe to say that your favorite instruments are choirs, strings, piano? That's like your go-to instruments when you're composing? Yeah, I would, I would say that's definitely true. Um, my, uh, my background is really classical, if you will. I'm making finger quotes since this is a podcast. Um, it's... Um, it's it's writing for concert orchestra like that's where i started and uh you know that and choral music like for you know to give to a choir to sing at their you know christmas concert or whatever so yeah i would say those are definitely sort of the backgrounds that i come from from a from an instrumentation standpoint and then i play the piano personally mm. um so so yeah it's just kind of i mean that that kind of is the halo palette right there, right? Like that's a lot of your halo palette. I mean, it, it doesn't really have the synths or the percussion, but um, but that's a, a big chunk of it. So that that's really helpful. So what about with the the co-composers, right? Like uh, mm -hmm. Joel Carlitz and Gareth Coker, like what was the um, dynamic between the three of you? Was there much interaction between the three of you or were you kind of left to your own devices to kind of do your own thing and then bring together all the music at the end? Um, so we work with a music supervisor, which is really great because there's like actually like a, a one person, right. Who's in charge of the whole music space uh, on everything from, you know, trailers all the way down to cutscenes, gameplay music, whatever. His name is Joel Yarger and he is fantastic. I could go on about how great he is for a very long time, but, um, yeah, he kind of has the vision in his mind, right. Of like what everything is going to, how it's all going to, all the pieces are going to fit together. Right. And then during the actual writing process yeah we're pretty separated um but then like for example when we went to go record 
you know, me and Gareth are there. Joel got added on a little bit later in the project um, in 2020. And by then we were no longer um, doing in-person recordings, uh, you know, for reasons. Of course. <laughs> um, so I, I've not actually had a chance to meet him in real life, but um, but yeah, Gareth and I were there for the first big recording session. So we got to talk and we got to meet at E3 2019 after the first trailer um, and really kind of get a chance to, I don't even want to say hash out the music, but just sort of get a feel for each other and kind of what we write. I've listened to a lot of his music, probably the, I probably listened more in preparation to Gareth's music just to sort of really understand his background because I'd heard his music and I knew exactly you know, who he was. It was very intimidating to work on a project with Gar- the <laughs> Gareth Coker. Yeah. He's um, a pretty brilliant composer. He's fantastic. I mean, just, just magnificent and uh, everything you, it's, it's, it's you know you get very jealous as a composer you know when you're recording <laughs> in the same thing as Gareth Coker and you're hearing all his orchestral music and man this is great <laughs> um, so um, so yeah that's and so I so Gareth and I had some kind of back and forth we visited three four three together and stuff like that um, but really it's it's more like Joel Yarger um, the music supervisor sort of keeping us all on track and giving us really actionable feedback that pushes us in the right direction and keeps everything on a coherent whole. Mm. Were there any specific pieces that you kind of advocated for in terms of that you wanted to compose, like like the main theme or some of the multiplayer stuff or like the classics, remixing the classics? Like, Was there anything that you advocated for or what, did you just kind of take what they, they said and just ran with it? I'll be honest. It's more like I just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of the... I'm kind of the nobody, right? Like I've done a few indie games, some, some commercials, you know, I'm like, nobody, you're not a nobody now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopefully not. But, um, so my, my, I was very sort of like, I will do whatever, you know, I'm getting, I was so feel, felt so lucky to work on halo that, um, it was just like anything they gave me was like, it was like Christmas, right? You get to write the music for this. Great. You know, wonderful. Um, I mean, I still remember the day when they're like, Hey, what would you do with the chant? Can you do something with the chant? And that's what our main menu music is. So mm. that wasn't even, I didn't even know if that assignment was like, we need menu music. I think it was just like, we're probably going to need some, you know, choral stuff based on the chant. Um, yeah. Is it going to be menu? Probably, you know, you kind of have in the back of your mind, I wonder if this is going to end up on, <laughs> in, on the main menu, but, um, and I really did want that one, but I sort of just, I'll be honest. I sort of just kind of, did what I was told, which I was more than happy to do because it's Halo. I mean, what are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's right. It's a gig of a lifetime. So, so how many iterations did you do of the main menu? Do you remember? Um, I can look. Uh, well, um, it's. I think it's like I, I don't remember. I there's actually another piece um, on the sound. Sa- if you look at the soundtrack, there's like the main menu piece, which is called Zeta Halo. Yeah, and there's another piece later called Palace Arrival. Yep. Um, on the soundtrack. And those were actually written as one big giant piece originally. It was ah. just this big choral suite. It was like maybe four or five, seven minutes long, something like that. And throughout the course of it, we were sort of moving, you know, bits and pieces around and kind of trying to, you know, see what the best way to build the structure of the piece was. And we ended up just kind of chopping it in half and into two cues. Um, in fact, if you listen to the end of Zeta Halo, the very last note is almost identical to the very beginning of uh, Palace Arrival. There's actually a little chord change in Palace. 
it's kind of in the middle of palace arrival now there's a little chord change that used to happen there and then you would go right into palace arrival so um which is uh, a, a sort of quotation of the maw from the original um ce soundtrack i believe um so yeah i mean it was there were lots of different drafts and i don't know if it would be like technically accurate to like look at all my drafts for both of those because they were all written as one thing and then we sort of split them up in orchestration and decided we would kind of record them separately so ah right because usually i suppose with most of the the stuff you're just scoring to video right you'll get some gameplay footage or you'll get a cut scene and you'll score to that so probably the main menu was a bit different because you're not really going off any yeah, sometimes image yeah yeah, sometimes I get stuff. I mean, obviously, if you get a cutscene, it has to be locked with the cutscene. But um, the uh, like gameplay stuff, often it's just like we need some stuff that's going to work for action. You know, maybe you get some gameplay stuff. Um, may you know, but a lot of it is just written absent the the thing. You know, so you pull up the maybe the concept art or something. Um, so that that was a lot of, especially the gameplay stuff was written sort of away from any even game visuals. Um, I mean, if you look at like the way the game was developed, I mean, they were doing a lot of, there was a lot of change happening in the way they were developing the game. So we were sort of just trying to get as much as we could done early so that they had some, you know, some idea of where the score was going to be in a, from a stylistic perspective and make sure everybody was on board with that. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe some of the music even influenced the way the game looks or feels, I don't know, um, because it was really very in parallel because there's so much to do in building the game that often you don't even have gameplay for something, you know, it's not done yet. There's, you can't do it. So you just kind of have to go off and do an excavations like you or whatever. Because so. <laughs> yeah. obviously game development changes so much throughout the development, yes. right? So by the time yeah. you came in, which I think February 2019, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Yes, was, that's correct. Was the game could sort of set in stone already, or did it change quite dramatically from that period? It changed quite end? a bit. Yeah, it changed quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, um, when I came on, I was really just doing that one big trailer, right? This is like E3. It has to be perfect. I mean, everybody spends so much time on just E3, right? Because um, it's where you get to show people what you're going to be doing, and it, that's it right. just it, it's and it it goes all the way up the chain. I mean, I remember we all were happy with it. You know, Joel was happy with it. I was happy with it. The narrative people at 343 are happy with it. I remember it went up the chain, I think at, all the way up in Microsoft. I don't know how far, <laughs> but it went outside wow. of 343 and somebody had a note and we changed for them, you know, stuff like that. I mean, you know, a lot of people get to tell you what they think. And, um, which is great, right? Because a lot more, the more eyes that are on it, the more you get that chance to sculpt it into exactly what it needs to be. So when I came on, it was just E3, 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 E3. I mean, I, I didn't start real gameplay stuff till like August of that year, probably. So, um, wow. yeah. Because how long does it actually take to get the note back? So if you submit a piece and then it has to go to whoever it needs to go to, to get clearance or feedback, are you kind of you can't just be sitting there like just waiting yeah, for, for the right. note right like do you get it within an hour the same day does it take like a week to it get depends. the notes back? it depends on where it comes from you know if it comes from Joel who's my primary contact you know Joel Yarger the music supervisor it can come back in an hour or 5 right. minutes um, okay. 
if the note comes from a narrative person, you know, it might have to wait for a meeting, but that's why you kind of have like lots of stuff on your plate at any one time, lots of dishes, I guess, that you're cooking all at the same time. And that way, you know, if you're waiting on a note on the potatoes, you know, you can go work on the green beans, um, you know, that, that you still, you know, are still needing to, to do. So, you know, it's just a matter of kind of juggling all that. And then, you know, towards the end, you know, when all the music is starting to be done and there's not a lot left to do, though, then there's a lot more space <laughs> between notes. Right. But do you have to keep like a detailed diary of everything that you've done and who you're waiting from notes for? Because say if you submit something for the main menu and then you go off and you're writing um, something else for like the multiplayer or something, and then you're so entrenched in that. And then if that's if the main menu, you're taking a long time to get feedback from. Could you kind of forget like what the notes were for? Like, wait, what, which track is this? Absolutely. I mean, that's why everything has a queue number. You know, when you get the assignment, it's a queue number. You know, you're going to work on Q207, you know, whatever the current working title is, right? You know, um, Cortana Mystery or whatever. Um, and I kept a, I have a notebook right here. Actually, it's still on my desk. It's, you know, pretty thick of just, I would, I get a note, I write it all down and then, I submit it when it's done and then I've got a detailed history and of what each cue is and what the notes are on it. So, and then there's a, of course, I'm sure you're, you know, it makes sense. There's a huge spreadsheet, right. It just shows all the, you know, cues you're working on, what they're in progress, how many minutes they are, et cetera. So it's very different from indie development where it's kind of just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> on Starbound, it was just like, I would send the music to be like, cool anymore you know whereas this is like you know you have your uh please make sure they get 333 and you know all that stuff so you know q333 needs to be turned in draft two please turn it in you know sort of thing right right because how long did i mean did you know this stuff before going in in terms of the big budget stuff like how it operates sort of i mean i've done some like work in film um yeah. and in film there's this concept of like a cue sheet um, where at the end you submit a cue sheet to say, you know, you're performing like ASCAP or BMI and that's how you get paid. Um, so I, I've, I've tracked things, you know, like this before, um, on my own, because that's what I do as far as like, in terms of the, the breadth and scale of it was way bigger than what I was used to. And it's just a matter of, you know, putting it together and kind of keeping it, it's, I find if I write everything down, I'm good. <laughs> the minute I start to try to remember it in my head, that's when I, that's when things go wrong. You know, if I, Oh, we, for, I forgot to turn that in, you know, but if I have it written down, then there's always that, that sort of Bible right in front of me, that book that says you need to do this, 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 and this, and here are your notes. Right. So. You have a real interesting concept in, in terms of composing. Like you say, it's like a lever on a slot machine, which I mm -hmm. find like uh, really cool. Um, so in regards to that, because you must compose multiple pieces every day, mm -hmm. just yeah. as practice, even if you're not working on something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I try to do like two minutes a day is my, is my goal. Yeah. How much? How much? 22. Two minutes. Oh, two, two minutes. minutes. Not two 22. Minutes. I could I was going to say. Well, I mean, I could have like ambient music, you know, <laughs> hold down a pad. And, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I try to do two minutes of like a actual melodic composition a day. And do like do you wait until the next day before you kind of review the piece that you've written? Because you know how sometimes in the moment you can think this is great, and then you can come back a day later and like, no, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. Or it can be the reverse, actually. It's more well. often the reverse. Often I'll be working on something and I'll feel like I'm the worst musician who's ever lived. I don't know why anyone hires me for anything. This is terrible. 
And then I'll come back to, you know, I'll put it away and move on to something else. And I'll come back to it the next day. But oh, actually, this is pretty good. Okay. All right. We can work with this. Uh, I find space uh, time between, um, between working sessions on a piece of music is really useful. I, the older I get, the more I realize that yeah, I get to this point where I've written a bunch of stuff in a piece and it's like, well, I need to step away from this for like an hour because it's just, it, it's like, it's like a smell, right? Like when you walk in a room and it smells really strongly of something, you know, your brain eventually kind of starts to filter that out and you don't really notice it anymore. It's kind of mm -hmm. like that, you know, you're, you're like working on it and you sort of, you sort of like, at least I do, I lose sometimes like a overall view of where I'm going. And I just like, I feel like, oh no, I don't know what to do next. This writer's block, I'm never going to write a note of music again. I'm terrible. Everyone should fire me. <laughs> you know, that's, and that's, that's like the worst moment. But, but if you just step away from it for an hour and come back, you're like, oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, and it's fresh and new. So that's where working on lots of different pieces is really useful, right? Because you just move to another one. And then that one's like, oh, this one's good. Why couldn't that other one that I just stopped working on, why can't that be this good? You know, and then eventually those two switch. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not given a deadline, do you struggle to finish a piece? Because I know a lot of musicians, it's, this tends to be the case. They just kind of start something and then they never finish it. Yeah, they've sometimes. got someone behind them saying, this needs to be done. This That's day. definitely a thing that happens. Yeah. I think yeah. deadlines help. I think deadlines help, but I did this thing where I had like self-imposed deadlines. Like I used to write a lot of royalty free music, you know, just music you can go buy on a uh, license for off the internet. And I remember one year I was like, I'm going to write one royalty free piece of music a day. And that's just going to be my goal. That's, and it doesn't matter how good it is. If it's terrible, I'm going to finish it. And I spent a year doing that just like every day, maybe not weekends or holidays, but you know, every weekday, you know, finish a piece of music. Um, and I think that was really useful, not because it produced a lot of good music, because there was a lot of really terrible music that that produced, but because it got me in the habit of finishing. Um, and that now that just kind right. of is something I can kind of just do. And a lot of it is a lot of it comes down like John Powell, the film composer. I once was watching a, like a video of his on YouTube or something. And he mentioned like, you know, you need to be kind to your new ideas, um, which I had never heard before, but I think that's really wise that like what you're writing is probably better than what you think. So like finish it. It deserves to be finished. It's probably a good idea. Be kind to it. You know, music becomes better with familiarity. So a lot of times when you're first starting out on a piece of music, it's like, this is terrible, but then you hear it five times and oh, maybe it's not so terrible. And then 10 times and oh, this is okay. And then eventually you, you really like it um, along with the process, of course, of refining it. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that I think is a really useful piece of advice for composers, just because you probably write good stuff. You just need to finish it and you need to get into the practice and habit of finishing it. Hmm. So I imagine with um, Halo Infinite, there would have been a lot of stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor. Or yeah. is there stuff that you did that you just never even submitted? Like people at um, 343 never even heard it? Or did you send them every single thing that you wrote? I don't think I had time for that. I mean, there was just so much to do. I don't. I think everything got sent. There are a few things I sent that I, I like look at it now and I'm like, why did I? Why? I was so wrong. That's not Halo at all. What was I thinking? Um, like, I remember at one point we were like working on exploration music and we were talking about, well, let's do some exploration with woodwinds. We'll see what we can do. And I remember at this piece and it's not a bad piece of music. It doesn't work in Halo at all. And I remember sending it and I was like, oh, I don't know. And then 
now I listen to it. And I'm like, what was I, you know, facepalm moment, you know, like, what was I thinking? That's terrible. I mean, it's not terrible, but it's like, it's not, it's not halo. Right. So it, it, that was an interesting experience. Um, but yeah, no, I don't think there's anything they haven't heard. Um, fortunately, they're very patient. You know, when you send them something, they're like, no, nah, I don't think this is it. Let's try something else. You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> so was it, it, it must've been Starbound that got you the gig on Halo Infinite, I would assume. Yeah, I Do you think so. know? I remember, well, I don't really know because I don't really have a view into the decision making, you know, before I was there. Um, I do know that at the time I asked them when I was working on the demo, I was like, I should probably ask them like what they like about my music so I can kind of make this demo more like that, right? Really play to the audience. And I remember I asked them in Starbound, one of the cues was on there. It was um, the glitch theme. Oh, um, uh, yep. Yep. Yeah. I remember they were annoyed at the title because it's like impossible to remember. And I can't remember it either. And I titled it. So it's like error XBO4F, whatever. Oh, um, but there the was so much theme. music in that game anyway. Oh, yeah. There's there's no like you can hours. remember all the. Yeah. 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 There's no way yeah. you can remember the title. Yeah. So um, that was, I remember they specifically mentioned that one. And then they mentioned one of my short film scores, actually, um, that I think has like 17 plays on Spotify. So one of them must have been a 343 employee. <laughs> Um, so. Or the same employee played it 17 times. Oh, yeah. Could be. Could yeah. be. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Because he loved it so much, he played it 17 yeah. times. It he like, or she. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, it, it's Halo's interesting. It's got such interesting. Um, it's so optimistic compared to a lot of music and media. You know, uh, a lot of music and media is really dramatic. It's really epic it's really it's just big and sad so often and that's not bad there's nothing wrong with stuff being big and sad you know there's nothing wrong with something being huge and epic halo though is like epic and hopeful and it's like kind of got this really unique vibe to it and um i just think that they happen to across a couple of my pieces that happen to speak that way and that's and that really i think was maybe what made my name come up in a, in a meeting somewhere i don't know i don't know it's an, mm. it's an interesting thing to ponder <laughs> i'm sure you'll find the answer sooner or later <laughs> someday yeah. yeah yeah so did you prefer scoring the more uh gameplay parts of the game or the more cinematic cutscenes, or even the multiplayer because there's guitars and stuff in the multiplayer yeah that's all um alex i think it's boar before um uh from the band this will destroy you did all the multiplayer stuff he is fantastic and that all got done after i was done like i i ah. was done like last summer in like summer 2020 i think we did our last session of my stuff and then between there and the multiplayer releasing they got him involved and he did all the multiplayer stuff it's really really good yeah um, yeah because I was wondering if, if you did some of it, I was like, oh, because this seems different from your I usual think they stuff. may have used some samples from what we've recorded. Like, I think they may have used some of oh. our stems in some of it. I don't know, actually, because um, I wasn't involved in that part. It just happened, you know, it kind of happened um, <laughs> after <laughs> I was finished with all the other stuff. So um, I, I don't I don't know a whole lot about it. All I know is that. You know, I, I remember I was told like, oh, yeah, we're going to do some multiplayer stuff. I think we're going to maybe get like a band to do it. And I was like, OK, cool. That sounds like <laughs> one less cue for me to work on. I'm already <laughs> overworked. But um, but yeah, when it finally came out, I was like, oh, this is brilliant. I see what you were thinking. Um, so 
uh to get to your question uh about like do i like gameplay or do i like like cinematics i would say that there's things that are great about both and things that are that can be a little difficult about both i think and it's nice to have a mix i think um because cinematics are great because they're so constrained you know you have you know exactly how long it's going to be you know exactly where your hit points are, you know, exactly where it needs to change moods. The structure is just there, right? It's given to you on a silver platter, which is cool um, and actually does some of your job for you. Um, but it's also constraining, right? Like if you don't, mm. if, you, if you're like, oh, I don't really want, this line doesn't feel like it's about to become more aggressive or more emotional here. It sounds like it needs to kind of, you know, get all epic right here. That can be a little frustrating, right? But because you have to do what the picture tells you to do, you have to follow the picture. Um, but at the same time, you don't have to sit there and be like, what comes next, right? I know what comes next. That's the hopeful section. Um, but then gameplay, you have, you know, sort of a more open field where you can do more stuff that you might not be able to in a cinematic because it's a little more free, right? Like you, you, your job is to make, you know, say three minutes of music that is really interesting all the way through. And you kind of, you know, you have like guidelines, like it needs to be action music. It needs to be ambient music. It needs to be this or that. Um, but you have a lot more freedom, which can be really great. It can also, you know, you're on the hook for it. You, you can get to measure 67 and be like, Oh no, where do I go from here? I don't, I don't know this, you know, and then you write measure 68, 47 times and, you know, and it's, <laughs> and you hate yourself. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, I, I think they both have a, have pluses and minuses. And I really liked that I got to work on both because um, it really gave me a chance to, to be, to do both things. So. So has there ever been a piece in your entire history of composing where you had to just do a ridiculous amount of rewrites? Can you think of one time where you might have had to do it? Even if it Yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean I've I've done like I said on Discover Hope was 34 drafts. Um is that I've the, had to do Is that like the the one you've had to do the most though? I think I've had to do other stuff above 30. Um I remember I did like a short film series, but they and like all the films were like designed to like work together, like they were kind of like almost like little mini episodes of something. Uh. And each one had like a little intro, kind of like a TV show, like a TV show theme, you know, how you, you know, when like Game of Thrones starts, it's the map. It's kind of that idea. And I think I did over 30 for that. Um because it just really needed to work, right? It was really important. It was going to play in front of everything, right? Um so yeah, I think I've definitely gone gone that high um personally when i am just writing music for myself do i usually go to 30 drafts no <laughs> no i do not i am too lazy to do that i probably shouldn't be i probably should go to 30 drafts but i've seen your layout and like because obviously you do quite a few live sessions on uh your youtube page mm -hmm. and i've seen your logic layout and you've got like a ridiculous i don't know how many tracks you've kind of got layered out there what is it like 200 it's like that's like 400 and 500 i think um it's just because i have a ton of sample libraries I, I don't like to buy a sample library you know like a virtual instrument and just let like let it sit on my hard drive you know and because then i'll forget oh, right. that it exists so i always put them in my template so that i'm reminded what instruments are there and then i just have them in a standard orchestral order and then they're just grouped by instrument like here's all the samples you have for violin one like right here and they're all ready to go um right okay for each instrument of the orchestra all the way down so 
Because I was thinking that's why it's like a billion track. Yeah, because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, does he use that many instruments in every single track that he writes? I'm like, because that would be, yeah, yeah, that would be bad. I would think because you you would start be terrible. Yeah, well, too many layers starts to um, yeah, make everything muddy. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just choices because you know, especially with virtual instruments, one library might be really good at this kind of music or this kind of line, and another one might be good at a different kind of music or a different kind of line. And so it's nice to have that them both there in front of me in case I'm using both of those. I need both of those strengths, but probably don't. Most of the time I would say I probably write maybe 20 to 30 tracks. It's it, whatever a standard orchestra is, maybe 50, you know, it's not, it's not a lot of tracks. Um, so. Yeah. Speaking of orchestra, this would have been the first time that you worked with an orchestra in terms of composing, would it? No, I've I've worked with um well, live in, orchestras in, in a gaming setting and, yeah. in gaming yeah yeah yeah, in yeah no this is yeah. definitely the only game I've ever written for that's that's had the budget to be able to go record live because that's very expensive <laughs> yeah um, yeah I imagine so and as because I know you've done um films and and stuff is it a similar process with the orchestra or does it operate differently Do you it's know? pretty similar I think I've never done like a film with a live orchestra either honestly um I've done my own live recordings of like, you know, one or two instruments or five instruments, but, um, you know, it's doing a cinematic in a game is not that different from doing a, doing a film, you know, a cue in a film. It's still, you know, you still have a video time code, you know, everything has to line up. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty similar, but, um, they're just like little movies. Yeah. But the deadlines would be worse, far worse in short films or films. Um, Would they? It depends. Depends on the project. You know, both are creative media. And so sometimes somebody has put off post on their film for too long and you only have three days to work on it. And, you know, which is actually kind of nice as a composer, because like, what are they going to do? Ask for 30 drafts? No, you've got like three (laughs) days. They're not going to ask for 30 drafts. Um, But uh, yeah, sometimes when when they're like, oh, no, we've got tons of time. I'm like, oh, great, great. Um, But, um, but yeah, no, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful today because technology is so good that doing a film is, is a lot easier right now because you can just sync it up. You know, you just drop a quick time movie into logic and you're good to go. You know, um, it's all synced up for you. You can adjust the tempo and make everything hit. You don't have to do the John Williams, like sit there and like calculate all the, like how many measures you're going to need, you know, between hit points and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I, I'll be honest, I, I learned how to do it like a billion years ago back in college, but I couldn't do it now. I couldn't sit down with like a clicks sheet and just handwrite a score out that actually lined up with the movie. So, um, so, and in terms of games, it's pretty similar, right? You just have like a, you know, if it's a cutscene, they hand you the cutscene. It's got a frame counter, a sympathy counter for the, for the synchronization on it. And you make sure everything syncs up. Mm. Are you influenced by John Williams and like James Horner and stuff? Because I get the yeah, impression that absolutely. you are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, that's what I grew up on. You know, I uh, grew. I was born in 1984, so I grew up with a lot of 90s films. Um, so a lot of John Williams. I mean, I, I think my parents probably. Uh, I, I think there was a point in my life where I could have notated like cues from, like sat down and transcribed cues from Jurassic Park by memory, just because not because I'm like super good at ear training but just because i listen to it that much um 
I mean, I, if that would have been a vinyl, I would have worn it out. You know, um, fortunately, <laughs> CDs don't wear out. So, you know, I mean, I used to go to bed at night with the Jurassic Park CD in my little CD player by my bed and just listen to John Williams all night. Um, so, I mean, yeah. And, and I, I used to collect, you know, all the James Warner, James Newton Howard is another one. I, I really look up to um, Thomas Newman. I, I think I have a lot of Thomas Brilliant. Newman in me, in my, in my, in my work. So um, he's definitely one that I really appreciate what he's brought to the table. So. Cause didn't you originally want to be a film composer? Was that the goal? And then you kind of just fell into games. Was that how I couldn't it... decide if I wanted to do film or like concert music, you know, do you want to yeah. be like the next, you know, John Adams, you know, the next, uh, the next, uh, Esa Pekka Salonen or something. Um, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not nearly conversant enough in modern theory to, to be that. So, um, so film it was, um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I wanted to, do, I was like, well, if you're not going to do concert music, you should do, if you're going to do commercial film is the way to go. You know, that's what you grew up on. That's what you love to listen to. Um, but then you also play like a lot of video games. Maybe you should look into that. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I was like, after I graduated from college, I was like, I should look into scoring for video games. This is <laughs> like, this is a medium I actually enjoy. So yeah. And really Starbound was like the first game I worked on. Like it was just it was the first time um i'd worked on some like mods like i did like a score for like a mod for like oblivion or something um it was like a middle earth overhaul mod and they wanted like you know howard shore you know impression music <laughs> um do your best howard shore impression um for their for their lord of the rings mod um but yeah no starbound was really the first actual game game i ever got to to write on so that was a that was a big that was a big lucky break so well, you nailed it right out the gate. I remember like listening to the soundtrack and I was thinking, who the heck is this guy? Like it's amazing. Well, that's <laughs> it's very kind of you to say. Um, it's uh yeah, that one is there's just a lot. You know, we just they just were liking everything I gave them and it was so motivating, right? It's a real game, it's gonna release, it's gonna, you know, you're gonna see it on Steam, right? Um, uh, which is sort of, I guess, maybe the modern equivalent to seeing, you know, your your music on TV or something. Um and so it was really motivating. I just kept writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and writing. And then I had music that wasn't even for Starbound. Like On the Beach at Night was originally just a choral piece I wrote. And I did like a little um, synth backing track for it using virtual instruments so that a choir I was conducting could sing you know, with it because I can't play the piano and conduct them. So I made a little backing track. The people from Starbound heard it. They were like, this is really good. Can we use it in the game? And I was like, sure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Okay, and then it now it's like the theme of the game. So, because what was what was the direction they gave you for Starbound, or did they just let you just do whatever? They were like, "Here's a here's a really early build of the game. Here's how biomes work. Probably we want to like maybe do it with biomes. Like originally, if you look at like Starbound is broken into two things, like the experimental part and then the orchestral part. The experimental part was stuff we did way way at the beginning of development, and it was just like." Hey, we have this technology. It can make snow planets. It can make jungle planets. It can make whatever. Let's let's write some jungle music. Write some ice music. And that was what we started with. And then it was basically around the time that they had they heard that uh, on the beach at night piece. We were they were like, what if we did some orchestral stuff? Because originally it was you know it's like kind of a pixelated game. We wanted real electronic sounds. But they were like, but the orchestral stuff is working. So let's let's do some more of that. And then that's where the second half comes from and you know just threw it in there you know just if it's working use it if it doesn't work throw it away and i'll make something else so right so after starbound did you get start getting approached quite a lot 
for, for um, other individuals. Off and on. There were some some times, you know, I worked on some like Kickstarter things, and there's one game that I've been working on since Star. Oh, well, been working on. I've contributed to since Starbound. They're still working on it. Well, someday it'll really? come out. Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, it was originally gonna be like an MMO sort of style game, and then then that kind of got paired back, and then they were gonna do a battle royale and it looks like they're making great progress. They've just got a publisher. So I think it's going to come out it's uh, I'll, I'll tweet about it, I guess. I don't know what I'm supposed to say if I'm allowed to talk about it. I know because everything's so hush hush, but yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I <laughs> someday <laughs> it'll come out. I hope <laughs> I'm sure it'll come a lot out. Of music for it. <laughs> and I'll remember this, this discussion when it does come out. Yeah. So uh, it must it, it must be excitingly challenging, right? Because you must finish a game and then you don't know what you're going to be working on and for how long and how yeah. long you'll wait to your next gig. So like in terms of money and stuff, I suppose Halo Infinite will be good because I assume you're getting royalties. Yeah, after we'll that. get some royalties. That'll be a nice. That'll be good for you. Thing. Yeah. I mean, I married I married a nurse, so that really helps us because um, you know that gives us our sort of base that we can live off of, even if Curtis is. Uh, you know, in between projects, but yeah, I get, I get a project here or there and there's always royal. Like I said, I, you know, this is the royal. I always tell composers, like just do some royalty free tracks for like libraries or whatever, audio jungle, that kind of website, you know, it's our pond five or whatever. It gives you something to do in between track in between big projects that keeps you writing. So it keeps you fresh. Um, but it can also generate, you know, a little bit of revenue, which is obviously really important. So uh, that's kind of what I do in between or, or I just write like album pieces and release them on Spotify or whatever. So, so how, how good are you at keeping secrets? Cause obviously Halo Infinite was hush, hush, very hush, hush. Yeah. So like, you know, you'd come home from work and your wife would ask you and you'd be like, can't say anything. <laughs> I mean, I work from home. This is my studio in my house. So, you know, my wife's not in here like, you know, digging through the concept art or anything, but I think she probably knows how the cutscenes in the game go. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, it's pretty easy for me to to keep it secret. That's that to me is like, I, I guess it's the easiest part in a way, right? Because it's like, yeah, do I want this to be out in the world? Yeah, and like it's December eighth, like Halo is coming out today. The soundtrack is out today. It's a great day. It's wonderful. I'm really happy to see it all out. But you know, it's been a long time since we worked on it so you know you just you got to be patient it's game dev it's really really hard it's really really hard they constantly are having to change things and go in and you know maybe there's a big plan to do this big thing they do a bunch of work on it something happens can't do it got to do a different thing and so you just got to be patient i think so Mm. so do you want to kind of uh flip between doing triple a and indie going forward do you want to do yeah i would really like to i would love to do a film at some like a real film like a a real film i I, that sounds so insulting to all the people (laughs) whose films i've already done um to do like a like a movie that's released in theaters would be awesome that would be really really exciting i think i would really enjoy that um but yeah i would like to do some more indie games i I miss kind of the the kind of chaotic indie development process or kind of kind of like the wild west you know there's a certain appeal to that just in the like if it uh if it works it's good you get to use it right like it doesn't matter that maybe it's not useful for this specific thing like that's the thing about triple a is that everything is so expensive 
it doesn't just have to work. It has to work where it needs to go, right? Like if you are in charge of writing for a cutscene, the music had better work in that cutscene. You know, you're probably not, unless it's amazing music, it's probably, if it doesn't work, it's just going to get thrown away because there's just not enough time and there's not enough money to go out and rent out a huge studio and pay a hundred musicians all day to record music that they might use. But in indie music, you know, you can, you can do something and maybe you really love it and you can really advocate for it. And maybe it doesn't work in this part of the game, but yeah, we'll use it over here. It'll be great. You know? So I think indie stuff is, is really fun. Um, And I would like to do that again. Although I would love to do another triple A. That was really, really fun. It was, it's hard to argue how great it is to go to E3 and like sit in front of, you know, a giant trailer everyone's cheering for and you did the music for it. That's a great feeling. So, so what's the, what's the plans now going forward? Plans now? Are you taking a break? Um, Well, you've already had your break. (laughs) Yeah, I've already had a break actually. Um, I did a little, you know, a few little games in between. I did some stuff for uh, PUBG Mobile uh, recently. Um, Nice. So I did one of their little menu tracks um, and it was, I really enjoyed that process. That was really fun. Um, I'm actually working on a client, was working on a client piece right before you called. Um, And as soon as we're done, I'm going to go back right back to it. So there's something else to to do. Always on the grind. Not quite like Gareth, you know, Gareth is just like, you know, I, I can't believe it. He's like, oh, here's my next giant game I'm working on. <laughs> here's a picture of me in the same studio we recorded uh, Halo in with, you know, 47 <laughs> trombones or whatever. And it's like, man, Gareth, you just are just to the nose to the grindstone, man. He's he's fantastic. So, but yeah, no, I, I definitely have things lined up and I'm sure I'm hoping obviously that there's some even more interest as Halo comes out. So we've been really excited about the way music in the game has been received so far. So mm. you, sp- you spoke of Gareth. Did, did, he, did you ask him for any advice? Did he give you any advice when? Oh yeah. Months? He's super, he's super. He's, he's a sweetheart, right? Yeah. So. He's fantastic. He, he, you know, it would be, I don't want to say it would be really easy for him to kind of be looking down on me. Yeah, Cause he's not that kind of person. Like he's, he's, no. But that's the thing, right? He's not that kind of person, right? He's so just friendly and he's so willing to just talk about all his experiences um, and, and, and just and, and introduce you to the process and, and show, you know, sort of show you around, if, if you will. Um, I got a lot of that from Joel, of course, too. You know, I've, I've never rented out Air Studios, you know, to record a giant orchestra, but he has, you know, he's worked <laughs> on God of War. He's worked on you know, huge AAA stuff. Um, and so getting to see how that all works was really cool. And he was very good about, you know, this is how we're doing it. And it was cool. So. Cause it was a very big jump, right? Because it's not like you went it's a to huge jump from like indie to halo. It's not like there was like a middle ground that you reached first. So it's a big yeah. jump. So, I mean, if I was in your position psychologically, I think that would mess with me a little bit and I'd probably, um, be doubting myself um at points in time did you ever have that and yeah absolutely (laughs) absolutely you know like like i was talking about that piece that i now kind of cringe at when i listen to it right like i uh you know at some point you know you're like slamming your head i mean literally hitting your head on your desk like what am i gonna do here uh and i think that's just creative work you know because some sometimes creative work just doesn't happen um the nice thing about music for me is I've been privileged enough and lucky enough to work 
to, to feel like the education that I've gotten and the experience that I've had have been very good at preparing me, I think, for the most fundamental stuff. Like before I worked on Starbound, I could write out an orchestral score, hand it to an orchestra and know how, you know, know what to expect. Um, and that's not because I'm like an amazing musician. That's because I've been lucky enough to have had training and have had the education to do that. And that's really at the end of the day, the thing that is most important, you have to be able to put really good dots on paper that are going to sound really good when real people play them. And everything else that surrounds that is important. Getting things recorded is important. Understanding how to work Pro Tools, which I don't, is important. But if the dots on the paper aren't good, none of that matters, Doesn't right? Matter. Mm-hmm. So fortunately, like I said, I've, I've been very fortunate in my life to, to have... I think had enough training and enough experience with live orchestra. I have written for live orchestra prior to this. Like I said, when I was doing concert stuff, I, I used to write for live orchestra um, and, and having performed, you know, with live orchestra and choirs and stuff um, that I think that that really helped. Cause while I might be really nervous about how the recording itself is going to go, I know what the music's going to sound like. It's going to sound like what they like. I know that they like it. They've approved it. Um, it's going to sound good. So that that's that's kind of one of the things I always kind of latched onto. <laughs> like at least the music <laughs> is, is something you're proud of, right? Like at least we're going to record something you really like. Um, at least you know you haven't written an unplayable cello part. <laughs> so you know that kind of thing. Well, you're you're very good at uh, melody. Very very good. Like obviously, Starbound is a perfect example of that. So do you write with a melody in mind, or does that come later? Are you constructing? Yeah, I ba- like, I base, what's your process I, of writing? Yeah, I always start with a melody as if I can. Um, there's a lot of commercial music today that is not melodically driven and they don't want it to be melodically driven. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that necessarily. Um, I struggled with that when I was sort of trying to really make a go at commercial music. Excuse me. Um, when I was first starting in commercial music, that was really hard to do for me to just write like texture, you know, underscore, all that stuff that, that is designed to just very subtly push um, on the on the audience without really getting in, into the front of their mind. Um, but yeah, no, when I compose, if I'm composing like, like a, especially like even like a gameplay track, right? Like that can have a melody and, and I will start with a melody. And with Halo, it's great, right? We have five star melodies just everywhere. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> there's, there's, 30 there's 30 melodies in halo that can hold that could hold up like an entire hollywood film right like you write an entire score based on like the monk chant that's it nothing else you could write an entire game around dun, 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 dun. like you can do an entire game on just that and actually it's surprising how much of it actually is that um so that's obviously in halo uh, you know you talked about a little bit about being a little overwhelmed that's also something that helps with that, right? Like I can go use a Marty melody. <laughs> I can go use a Mike, Mike Salvatore melody. I can go use a Halo Wars 2 melody by uh, with, uh, Gordy. Um, I can use a Neil Davidge mel- melody or something, you know, so. Would you, okay, what would you consider harder to write an original piece or to remix a piece that is so iconic? Um, I would say writing an original one is harder. Um, yeah start if you're starting with good musical materials you're starting with good musical material it's it's there it's good it's you know there's so much you can do with that um so you're set you know write something based on the monk chant 
Sure. <laughs> Easy. Um, <laughs> excuse me. The hardest part of that was they wanted um, another melody that went along with it, right? That gets a little intimidating. You need to put a melody next to the Halo theme and it needs to work and it needs to not be obvious that the music just got suckier, you know, when your <laughs> melody comes in. So, so um, I suppose when you're writing that, do you write with knowing that you're going into that melody, like the monk theme, are you writing in the same key? So it, it works. Seamless? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, as far as key centers go, I just, you know, whatever, if it's in whatever. E, Uranian, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll just use it. You know, that's, when I talk about like feeling lucky about my training, that's one thing, right. Or I feel very lucky that I got training where people forced me to do the hard thing and learn all the, all the keys and chords and all the theory so that when it comes time to write in F sharp minor Dorian, okay, that's easy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, with the monk chant specifically, they were like, it needs to start just like the monk chant. We, we want the monk chant to start. And then after that, you know, do whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is really intimidating. I mean, cause you got to finish the monk chant, which everybody knows. And like I said, you then got to write something that doesn't obviously get worse, <laughs> um, which would be really easy to do. Cause it's so good. Um, so. so yeah. Uh, wow. Wow. Well, Hey, I'll, I'll wrap up there. This has been um, tremendous. Thank you so much for taking the time out to do this during, Absolutely. during your time while you're composing. So um <laughs> Thanks for hey, it's a nice break. Time. I needed to step away from it. You know, I there needed to give it an hour or two. You know, it'll be great. I'll look, go back and be like, oh, this doesn't suck. <laughs> well, air fatigue is a thing. So, you know, yep, you got to rest go. those ears. Yeah. So um, Absolutely. If, if anyone wants to keep up to date with what you're doing and um, all your social media and stuff, what's the best place for them to do that? Probably Twitter. You know, it's just the best clearinghouse. You know, I just sort of post everything there just because there's that's gives you the most reach. So uh, I think I'm at C Schweitzer. Um, if you go to like just the Halo main page, I think they have it linked on several things there. Um, you can also go to my, yeah, I have a website. It's just my name, Curtis Schweitzer. I usually keep it sort of updated. <laughs> when I have time. Well, you'll um, need to, because I've, I've seen the website, you'll need to update it with all the Halo Infinite stuff now. I do, yeah. No, I, now that, especially now that a lot of it is out um, yeah. and I can actually link to it. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah, I, like you've mentioned, I do like Twitch and YouTube. Um, just search my name. I know it's kind of hard to spell, but, you know, look at the podcast notes. Yeah, I'm I'll, sure put, it'll be I'll put in the there. links in. Yeah. Um, just search my name. You'll find me there. Um, I do that whenever I am have a free day. I try to, you know, stream a stream a composition, you know, write something on on stream. Uh, it's really nice to have, you know, people who are just entering the the composition for media space come in and uh, be able to, you know, show them how some of it at least is done. So yeah, I think I think a lot of musicians would get a lot out of that. I think it's yeah, very, very I, helpful. It's the sort of thing I wish I would have had in the late nineties, right? Like what would I give to watch John Williams score a scene? Like literally watch him write the meat. Like I would like a lot. <laughs> um, so I, I, it's something I try to do to kind of, I don't want to say give back, but you know, provide a, something that I would have really liked mm -hmm. when I was younger. So. Well, Hey, I uh, wish you all the best. Um, I'm sure this is just the beginning for you. I think Halo Infinite is kind of the launching pad. I'm sure that will lead you to new heights, I'm sure. So, um, yeah, keep doing your thing. Um, it's awesome. All your work is awesome. 
So thank you very much. I think I think you'll have a, I think you'll have a great legacy by the the end of end of your career at the rate you're going. We hope. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> that's the plan. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, that's the show, everyone. Make sure you share, like, and subscribe. And until next time, stay safe. <laughs>